that was kind of part of being steadfast about getting this record out was it felt like we weren't a band yet until I had a piece of music I can hand you and go, this is our album. Hello and welcome to Where the Living Room Used to Be, a podcast about Rhode Island's music scene. Hey everyone, it's James. My guest on this episode is Sean Carney, who you may know from bands such as The Jesse Minute, This Is a Movement, the New Jersey band The Scandals, and most recently Structure Sounds. In our conversation, we talk about his introduction to punk music, his thought process and what he puts into his songwriting, as well as his experience recording at various studios over the years. Speaking of that, Structure Sounds just released their debut album, Light Up Your Sorrow, via Wiretap Records. And you can pick up a cassette or a vinyl copy over on their Bandcamp page right now. It's a fantastic record, and uh, you know, highly recommend you check that out. Uh, you get to learn a lot more about it in this episode. Uh, so yeah, please subscribe wherever you're listening right now, and make sure to follow Where the Living Room Used to Be on Instagram. I'll be posting some bonus mini-episodes, as well as sharing some show flyers, photos, and more from Sean's time in music over the coming weeks. You're originally from Florida, is that correct? Yep. Yeah, I was born here, um, and then uh, my family moved around a little bit. By the time I okay. was five, uh, we ended up in Orlando, Florida, and okay. I lived there from five to 15. So like all the teenage years, like finding yep. music and all that stuff was there. And then right around uh, sophomore year is when we moved back up here. Okay. Like, is your family like anchored here in Rhode Island or um, like, you know, what brought you back to Rhode Island is just the fact that no one ever leaves in a sense. Or is it, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it, always, it always comes back. Yeah. <laughs> um, my uh, mother um, grew up in Cumberland and my dad grew up in Boston. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I think their first couple of married years were in Providence. And uh, then uh, obviously it was my dad's job, moved us around and uh, yep. It's the same reason why he ended up back. Much oh, okay. Chagrin. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you just kind of mentioned it, uh, obviously with your career in music, it all kind of surrounds punk, uh, in some shape or form, so to say, um, Florida is pretty well known for that. It kind of has a distinctive sound and a lot of bands that have come out of there, you know, I guess, you know, I'm thinking more Gainesville to be honest, but, uh, mm-hmm. versus Orlando, but you know, even still more currently, um, you know, there's some good bands that are coming out of Orlando. Obviously, this is now not not, you know, back in the day. But, you know, like how much did you think that that affected you? Like, and when did you start listening to music? Was it during that time, uh, like those formative years, like while you were there? Yeah, I mean, um, like a lot of people our age, um, kind of the more mainstream stuff got me into this, uh, like Blink- Blink-182's Enema of the State was kind of my introduction into punk rock. Yeah. And, and uh, I credit my cousin, Mike. Um, I, I used to spend summers in Rhode Island. So even throughout those teenage years, we'd be in Cumberland for, oh, okay. uh, for a couple weeks every summer. Mm-hmm. And 
um, my cousin Mike took me to uh, Newberry Comics and uh, he gave me, he's like, all right, here's Dude Ranch. Like, this is the one you want to listen to. Yeah, yeah. He's like, also, here's uh, Punkarama. And it was Punkarama 5. Oh, okay. Was the latest one. Yeah. And and that really is what, it, you know, set me on a trajectory. I'm like, holy shit. Like, all, all almost every band on that compilation, I bought the full length. And mm-hmm. that, that was the start, I'd say. Yeah. Cool. But, yeah, I mean, with regard to music, when did you start playing? And, and you know, you have played bass in a lot of bands. You also play guitar now. Um, what was your first instrument? Uh, yeah, it was bass, um, which is still what I just always fall back on. Um, yeah, around that time I got into blink, uh, I bought a bass and okay. start, and started learning. Um, and then my brother also bought a guitar around that same time. So, uh, we teamed up a lot on learning songs and, uh, you know, I used to download tabs, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So I used to, buy CDs, uh, and then I try and learn like a couple songs on each one. Oh, okay. How did you find that? Like, was it uh, a difficult thing for you? Did it seem like it came somewhat natural or? Yeah. I mean, thinking back, I remember, um, I actually had, uh, a, one of those 90s star Wars lightsabers. Okay. And, and I actually tied a string to it. And, okay. and I tried, I listened to records and tried to picture where your fingers would go. And that oh. was kind of when I was really thinking about like, you know what? I, I, I want to try playing guitar or bass yeah. rather. And then when I finally got one, I, I got like that Hal Leonard book that everyone gets. Okay. Shows he had to tune it and like, um, notes and whatnot. I, I took some lessons, um, for about a year or so, uh, but that didn't really take for me, um, Really, it was like playing the tabs, and then it got to a point where I could hear the notes and then know where your fingers would go. And mm-hmm. and ever since then, I, I've just been a, a ear player. Um, you know, I don't know charts, uh, mm-hmm. anything like that. But if you play me something, I could likely play it back. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you're, you're, let's kind of get back to like when you're in Rhode Island and you're like mm-hmm. later teens. Um, is that when you started playing in bands or what was the, the first group you were part of? And, uh, first band was in Florida. Um, oh, okay. me and Paul, um, my brother started uh, a ska band. Uh, Oh, cool. Also like most people our age <laughs> in punk yeah. rock, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when, when the world is more carefree is when you, know, <laughs> you, gra- you gravitate to ska. Yeah. Um, we were in a ska band called Brown bag escape and, um, we moved up here in 2004 um, and I met Kenny who later became the, this movement drummer Yeah, and, and him and I, he joined up with me and Paul. We tried to kind of keep that band going, just kind of played like high school shows like that. sort of. Okay, thing. cool. What kind of Scott was it? Like where were some of the bands that were, you were inspired by? Cause there's so many different waves, so to say, yep, you know, but. you bet. And it's back. Who knew? Yeah. Um, I'm waiting what I don't know yeah. what, what wave we're on, like the sixth wave or whatever, but you know, like I'm been waiting for it, you know, so for sure. Although I, I have no idea how modern ska bands can pay seven people. <laughs> oh yeah. <exactly. laughs> well, they're probably not getting paid, but you know, like, you know, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who is? yeah. Um, sure. yeah, I, if I had to, I, I think it was less than Jake was probably the big, oh, okay. you know, also yeah. Florida band. Yeah. Killer. It was amazing bands. So, um, Cool. Yeah. So how long did that band last uh, up here in Rhode Island? Were, were you able to kind of get it off the ground up here? Or? 
No, it was more of a high school thing. Um, okay. Yeah, and it was uh, there was another band through my high school years called Mafia Machine, um, which you know, being Rhode Island, everyone knows everyone. Especially yeah, musicians. Yeah. Uh, Glenn went on to uh, play and follow through. I don't know if you know that okay. band. Um, Sounds familiar, but yeah, and he was in, he was in shorthanded goal for a minute too. Okay. Um. Uh. So I was in that band. Awful name. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was through high school, and then also in those years, I played in Good Luck Cadet with Kenny, the uh, drummer Kenny, and uh, my friend Ryan, who ended up being in this movement. Yeah. And um, that band. Uh, did I say the name of it? That was Good Luck Cadet. Kind of more like a Paramore sort of sound. Okay. And that that probably took me out of my high school years and into like the Jesse Minute stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you talk more about that bands and, um, you know what what uh, the sound of that was and some of the recordings that you've done with the Jesse Minute? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I joined that band I think 2008, um, and they were a little bit older than me. Uh, when I joined the band, I was 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had, um, I think they had like an EP out at that time. Um, okay. But that, I always said that the Jesse minute was like my version of college. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I was a kid. I, I don't know why they thought it was a good idea to bring a 19 year old into the band of like full grown adults. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, like how much older were they? Like, was it, uh, or was it just like when you're 19 and someone that's like 25 is like ancient or was it, uh, they I, were I think- like. Yeah, me and uh, Missa and I were close, closer in age. Uh, the oldest member, I think, was in his forties. Um, okay. Youngest, I think, was twenty-eight. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I guess when you're nineteen, it just it, there's a and there's like a decade gap, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But um, but I was I was hungry and um, I liked the songs and yeah, uh, it was a great and, band, and, yeah. and I could figure out how to play them. They had an audition, the whole thing. But um, that felt like college because that was the first time where like there was a practice routine we'd, we'd practice twice a week mm-hmm. um, tightness was important uh and you know my f- so many firsts were done with that band i uh, the first tours i went on were with that band uh the first records uh we put out uh do or die a full length in 2009 and mm-hmm. we did like two east coast tours um but uh, like I said, all learned all the the hard lessons about like what to do and not to do, and uh, I'm forever grateful for them putting mm-hmm. up with a literal teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that when you started? Like you were hitting the road pretty quickly with that band. Yeah, they. Um, we do a lot of regional stuff. Um, yeah. I'd say at least twice a month there was like some out of state shows. Um, way too many Connecticut shows. <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, just about once a year, we do like um, uh, a tour. We, we had some friends in Kentucky that would throw like a uh, full. It's almost like uh, they lived in like a cornfield. <laughs> Very sweet okay. people. Bands called yeah. the Vibrolas, w- wonderful humans. And so kind of the point of the tour was to get to this party. So Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So we'd book down uh, East Coast, like through Virginia and out to Kentucky and then back. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And where were you playing here in Rhode Island at that time? Like, what were some of the venues that you guys frequented? Uh, well, definitely the living room. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I, I think I have the flyers. Our, my first show with them was at the living room. And that 
obviously became the office, which it was for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Um, firehouse 13, we used to play a lot. Um, and, uh, and Jake's, uh, which really, oh, yeah. really dates us. I think you, if you remember Jake's, Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 Which then became the apartment. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what it is now. I drive by it and uh, I think it's just a bar or something like that. Or or was it? Yeah. I don't know what it is actually now, but yeah, yeah. there's tiny bar, which is right in front of it. I don't even know if tiny bar was a building back when Jake's was a thing. You're right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And there was like the restaurant on the, the, like the, the right side that was infrequently opened, you know? uh, (laughs) Yeah. 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 It was Stanley burger for a while. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Stanley. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this place never seems like it's open, but yeah, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) But that, um, that, that felt really special, uh, in the couple of years where that was really, (laughs) really kicking. Um, it, it really escapes me who was running the place, but, I, I remember um, the bands for the night. There was always a, uh, it almost seemed like a trash can full of beer right next to the oh, stage. Yeah. And um, that was the other interesting thing about being in the Jesse minute was I was underage. We played a lot of 21 plus places. Yeah. So I, I had to get really creative with my ID stories and why I didn't have one. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> for the most part, I got away with it. Um, but some of the shows there were probably the most memorable. I absolutely love that venue. You know, the bands that I played in, um, you know, Sharks Come Cruising was one that that was kind of our home base when it was running. And yeah, they just treated us super well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was Jake and Jackie. Um, this is like his mom, I believe, that that like ran it. Um, but yeah, just amazing people and uh, seemed to kind of get the um, way to support a band, like what you're talking about of like, supporting them with beer and um yeah just a lot of so the shows seem to be free um and just the bands will get like a cut of the bar and you know like i'm sure that you guys did well sharks kind of fell into like the celtic punk thing so people would come Mm -hmm. out and they'd just drink a lot so we would do well with that but it was just a good way to structure stuff um and it was just a good time of just playing to you know pretty full room so um definitely miss that place Yeah, it seems like kind of shortly after that, you were mentioning um, your other band, This Is a Movement, um, must have started kind of around that as well. Can you talk about that band and um, some of the things that you did and the sound Absolutely. of them? Yeah, and I think it was through that band that you and I became friends. Yeah, yeah, I was playing in Cedros. Uh, we mm-hmm. did a handful of shows together. Um, yeah, big fan of you guys. It was always fun to play with Absolutely. you. Yeah. Um, this is a movement was uh, my high school friend, Ryan and Kenny. Um, 
kind of obviously we were, we were just hanging out. We we're still friends. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of a way to kind of bring my own tastes in. Um, you know, I, I had a bunch of songs from over the years and um, the first record we did walk away. We had two EPs that came out. Um, it, now, now that I look back at, we really weren't around for that long, but mm-hmm. it, it, that band led to so much more. Um, but it, it definitely was a lot of fun. It's also where I met Jay Miggs who played bass on that first EP uh, and still a homie to this day. Um, mm-hmm. And getting together, there was a lot of that band that felt like I was able to plant the flag um, when it came to like booking, uh, coming up with the album art for better mm-hmm. or for worse. <laughs> our, our second album, I actually, when I put it back on streaming, I redid the artwork. So I'm like, this was horrible. What was I thinking? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But um, that was a lot of fun. And, and musically, it, it's still something that I, I miss because it, it kind of had almost like a proggy element to mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. Around Ryan time, would kind of go off into some places, you know, like it would have a lot of, um, yeah, like just layered guitars and yeah, it was a, it was more than just like a straight ahead, you know, punk band. So for sure. Yeah. And, and I think that stands out from a lot of even what I've done after that, um, mm-hmm. on just being its own thing. Um, but no, we're heavily influenced from like minus the bear. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, it, the way I, I tried to sum it up was where uh, the baby of hot water music and minus the bear was the idea. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I was singing on it and like, um, you know, I don't have the cleanest voice. <laughs> so. You have like the best voice though. You have like the perfect punk voice, you know, like you, <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was 10 years of Marlboro's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You had to go through that, but yeah, you're, uh, <laughs> You nail it. So, uh, yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, so yeah, the first EP you did that with George Dussault at, at Galilee, correct? Yep. Um, what was that experience working with him? Uh, that was amazing. He, um, I believe we got in touch with him cause, um, uh, my brother Paul is in the down and outs, mm-hmm. um, recorded all most of their stuff with him. And, um, that that was another thing. I feel like every time you record, and I'm sure a lot of musicians agree, you learn something new, you pick up new stuff, uh, mm-hmm. you plan to be better than you were last time. And George was such a great musician with a really good ear. Yeah. Um, so when it came to like throwing down a harmony, uh, maybe you want a piano part. <laughs> and uh, it was something I missed for even years after because I felt really comfortable laying down vocals with George. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also, uh, he's the type of guy that'll come out on the smoke break with you too. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Um, but yeah, uh, the band was structured a little bit different on that one, right? It was, uh, you had two guitars. It was a four piece. Um, and then, uh, you know, the up to that, uh, that you're just kind of mentioning the destruction of yourself and the world around you. Um, it was the the three piece with yeah you and Kenny and and, and Ryan um, definitely had to like yeah to me had more noise um, like kind of more aggression and experimentation with some of the stuff yeah um, you know just from like kind of yeah just s- s- subtle things but you know like panning guitars between headphones and you know other things that you just kind of you know small uh, you know elements that you can add to to the sounds um, and it's even just it kind of came quick you know from in between those two EPs it was like a year and it just uh seems like you guys yeah really 
came together. I mean, as you just mentioned right now, you guys have been friends for a long time. So that, mm-hmm. that makes sense now hearing that, but you know, you just kind of really shot up with um, just what the band was. Um, yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about that, that EP and um, yeah, you know, just kind of the, the, the path of, of that band. Absolutely. Uh, and one thing I'll say it's, and you know, hindsight, it's the longest album title of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, when you're yeah. trying to put it on like a cassette tape, you're like, wait, how, we got to use yeah. like eight point font just to fit it on here or whatever, you know? Like, you bet. <laughs> I think um, Mark Clarkin actually trolled us in the motif review, and he said, "I'm going to say the album title as many times as I can to meet the uh, <laughs> the quota." The oh, word how many count. the word count? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, here you go, Mike or whatever, <laughs> whoever was running motif at the time, you know, but yep. just being like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I loved that. Um, well, coming out of the first EP, uh, we did, uh, a tour, um, tons of local shows. And, uh, around that time, Jay Miggs moved on, um, and he stayed in the family. He ended up being the mm-hmm. down and out space player and never went far. Um, yeah. so it, it was easy enough to switch to bass cause that, that's always been where I'm most comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it really was great cause for that batch of songs, it was, we really focused in on the groove, um, mm-hmm almost more like, and we can talk about it with the next records to come, but that band really not to sound too jammy, but like a lot of it was just built around just finding grooves that worked. It's, it started with parts. Um, okay. R- Ryan would come up with a cool tapping line or Kenny would have uh, a drum beat and Kenny's a huge hip hop head. So a, a lot of what he was coming up with was very groove oriented. So mm-hmm. we focused a lot on rhythm section things and, um, you know, and, and especially like that one did have a, a much darker tone. Uh, there were songs like 2012, which is like a very straight ahead punk song, but like songs like sleep well. Um, and I'd say overall that that EP still probably has my favorite bass lines that I've ever put together. next band that you connected with after that was the scandals um which was a band based out of new jersey Mm -hmm. um so how did that come about so um you know part of this movement thing was we had a we tried to do a lot of trade we tried to really open it up into uh you know who in new york is looking for a show in rhode island great can we come play your town And, um, the same thing opened up. I think Jared from the scandals actually just cold MySpace emailed (laughs) 
to date this even more. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a movement being like, hey, do you have a show? And we booked them at 201 Club with uh, the Jesse Minute um, Mach 2. I ended up back in the Jesse Minute around uh, later. This is a movement days. Oh, okay. And it was like the Scandals. I have the flyer somewhere. It was the Scandals. Uh, this is a movement. Maybe she rides. And um, oh, cool. Jesse Minute. And we had a blast and we really got along. And that summer, Jared hosted us. Um, I think we had a show in Bayonne and um, we just stayed friends. And Mm -hmm. he ran into a situation in 2012 where he booked a whole summer of shows and the entire band quit. Um, Really? Wow. So he put together like he called some friends and they did like half of that tour. They had like a run of shows with gutter mouth and they made that happen. And the second half, um, do you know the band burning streets from Boston? No, no. Okay. Um, and they're coming back for a show soon. Uh, awesome band. Uh, they cool. had like a two week tour with burning streets and I, I think he was out of options. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, who, who do I know that plays bass? <laughs> and yeah. he, you know, and we were tour buds, but we weren't, super close. And, and he gave me a call and he's like, Hey, I know this sounds weird. Is there any chance you want to get in the van next week and come on tour for two weeks? Um, and you know, at the time, especially was my focus was, you know, on playing and yeah, uh, I didn't, you know, I, I, I told him absolutely. Um, so he sent me the songs. I learned the songs and I got dropped off in Connecticut at our first show. Uh, and I, I thought the rest of the band was still there because um, I was friendly with all of them. And it was like, I uh, said hi to Jared and he was like, Hey, this is Anthony, the guitar player. And this is Polly, the drummer. Hey, nice to meet you. And we had, yeah. we had a set to play in 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Side <laughs> <laughs> wow. unseen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we did, um, there was like 12 shows on that tour and um, we got along amazing. I mean, burning mm-hmm. streets, uh, it kind of became like at, as the band grew, that was still the tour we, we referenced on just being melding as people and mm-hmm. just really coming together as a group of guys and uh, finished the tour um, thought, you know, work done, went home and it was uh, probably about a couple weeks later, Jared sent me a text and was like, Hey, we have a show at the court tavern. Um, it was, uh, they were reopening the court tavern and it was okay. Like, and Sam, I am was the headliner and he's like, any, any chance you want to come down? And to me, that was the, uh, you got the job moment. So yeah, cool. so that was it from there. Yeah. But during that time you were still based here in Rhode Island. Like you were, were just, uh, making those trips down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, um, I, I drove down for, you know, the first couple shows and then trying to get, creative um i found out you could take a mega bus out of providence <laughs> yeah uh right into new york city and then jared lives in bayonne which is right across the water bayonne new jersey and uh mega bus into the city you take a couple of trains um and the path and the path drops you off uh two blocks from jared's house so yeah uh, for the next couple of years that was the routine wow that's cool. That's dedication. You know, you get <laughs> familiar with the sidewalk. What is it? Uh, outside of like Madison Square Garden? Is that one of the drop off spots or uh, 
I think yeah. that's when I've taken it down. I just like here's a there's no like depot. It's just like here's a yep. street, you know. <laughs> you bet. Yeah, I think it was <laughs> here's 30... a street in like near Times Square or whatever. You're like, you know, so but. yep. I think it was 34th and 6th. Um okay. there's actually there's actually um a song on the new structure sounds album called 34th and 8th. And oh, okay. That song is about it's... that time. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know the song and then obviously put it together with your megabus travels, but uh, that's cool. You know, (laughs) it's kind of, um, it it goes into like, cause there did reach a a point where that got tedious and like, I can imagine. Yeah. The the song is about like everything New York was promised. Like you, you think about like the CBGB's days or, you know, back when New York city musically mostly was like this magical place of Mm -hmm. endless possibilities. And, now it's just like chain after chain after chain. Um, and uh, there is a hidden uh, living room tidbit in the first verse. Uh, yeah. Cool. Which maybe, you know, when back in the day, do you remember across the street from the living room? There was that um, Burger King. There was always a guy yeah. in the back corner reading a Bible. No. Okay, there was like really? one wow. guy. Yeah, and it was like through my high school years. So you'd go into that Burger King. Yeah. And there'd just be one guy in the back reading a Bible every time I went in there. Wow, okay. Yeah. And so the first line, which I kind of put in, you know, I wish he could get his own song, but I, I had to put him in this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's an old man clutching his Bible in the corner of a restaurant. So that line is actually talking about the living room. Cool. I dig it. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, with this band, you know, commuting, um, it seems like they made your commute worth it. You know, you got to, uh, open for some bands. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it right. Bad religion. Is that, <laughs> did I pronounce that right? Are they, you did. In, are they important in any way? I don't know. <laughs> have they, have they done anything for American music? I can't remember, but you know, you got to do <laughs> stuff with that. Um, you know, you did tours with gaslight Anthem, correct. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, how was that uh, experience and how did it kind of feel, you know, like, I mean, obviously you did the work, you know, like, I mean, as a Rhode Islander, it's probably hard to get people from Warwick to drive to like Pawtucket to go to band practice, never mind, Mm -hmm. you know, take multiple forms of transportation. But like, um, how did it feel to kind of have some of the stuff that you've obviously worked for, um, you know, getting to do these, I mean, does it get any better than opening for bad religion? I don't know if it does, but you know, like, uh, um, we're getting to yeah. share a, like what, what is, you know, maybe Fugazi, I don't know, like, like mm-hmm. what, what, like, so, um, you're like, you know, hanging out with the Mount Rushmore's of, uh, the stuff. So like, um, yeah. Can you just talk about that? Totally. Yeah. Maybe if they put operation Ivy back together. Yeah. That, that would trump it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, so um, you know, and and Jared was was busy before I ever joined the band and um but it seemed like once the four of us got going it it really started to to pick up steam. Mm-hmm. And even even from that Court Tavern show uh, opening for Sam I am, it was like the response was just insane. And mm-hmm. um you know, uh, I always love Rhode Island. It's my favorite. Um but New Jersey has a really good nurturing scene that seemed to really respond well to our band. And I was humbled because I was an out of towner, you know, I I Mm -hmm. felt like a bit, a bit of a fish out of water. 
at some of these shows, but, um, you know, quickly it became some of my best friends, uh, were down there and the bands down there were all supportive and great. Um, which is also something we have up here. Um, but so the more touring we did, the more opportunities we got. I, and that's how we ended up going overseas for the first time in 2014. Um, but we did get connected with uh, red bull who were doing like, they, they were a lot more involved in music. It seemed in that time. Mm-hmm. And so we were part of the uh, sound select, which they had a couple of different shows. There's one gaslight anthem show they did. And uh, they did a 30 days in LA uh, series. So it was like for mm-hmm. every day, in November, there was like one headliner and then they'd fly the opening bands out and we were asked to do it. And we didn't know who the headliner was going to be, but it was the sort of deal where it's like, yeah, you know, uh, I'll take a plane ride. Why not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's only a couple of weeks before they announced the lineup and it was bad religion. And, you know, uh, people that know me know I'm, I'm an absolute bad religion nerd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, uh, Jesse minute used to say that my screen name was BR fan 69. Um, I will annoy the hell out of you with my uh, fandom of bad religion. So that, mm-hmm. that was definitely like a tent pole thing and it it really did feel special um and the gaslight thing you know it's funny because rhode island Island, of course is a small scene everyone knows each other but new jersey sometimes felt smaller and um the relationship we had with them was really special because i think when they were getting their start there were bands like the bouncing souls which kind of took gaslight under their wing and it felt that they were extending that same sort of courtesy with us um, that's cool because th- they were incredibly kind i mean they they took us out on a north american tour and then uh brought us to europe i think that was the, in the same year um but incredibly cool incredibly supportive and a, a lot of our success uh really was around just the people in new jersey that wanted to be involved mm-hmm. no that's cool um and yeah, with some of the recordings that you did with them, like, can you shout any of those things out? Like anything that was memorable of uh, working with them? Sure. Yeah, we did. Um, the f- I think the first thing um, was Time Machines, which is an LP we put together for uh, our first European tour. And that was a mix of the Trench Knife EP, which came out. That was the record that came out right as I joined the band. Okay. And, um, a a set of five songs we recorded in New York. And the idea was it was a time machine because side a was before the trench knife EP and side B is after. So kind of like the the band as it is now. Um, And that was great. And then we had a couple of splits over the years. Um, And then 2016, we did an EP with uh, Brian Fallon from Gaslight Anthem, Mm -hmm. um, which kind of took, we recorded it in, I think 2015, 2014 excuse me um and that is probably my favorite thing we've done um it's probably recording wise that we were most happy with that one and and i think the songs are strong yeah no that's that's a great it's a great release yeah um and yeah i mean it was a great band it just it, it like it really was just um just solid rock solid you know it's it's, Mm -hmm. it's cool to to see um the success that that you all had um 
Um, are you guys still connected in a way, or has uh, what is currently going on with the is is it still a band, or is it um, something that you guys are broken up, taking a hiatus, or? Yeah, it's been the last time we played was early 2019, and um, it's been on ice. Uh, obviously, COVID didn't help. Um, yeah. But we actually just announced we're doing a show December 15th. At oh, okay. Um, and that should be really cool. And it's kind of a full circle thing because the uh, Greg Palanti is a photographer down there. Um, uh, one of our really good friends. He um, documented a lot of those old court tavern shows and some, mm-hmm. of, the cha- some of the chaos that went on down there. And um, he's putting out a book uh, with Mount Crushmore, which is Jared's label. Um, kind of nice. documenting 2012 to 2015 at the court tavern. And so to celebrate, we're going to do one night only at a uh, crossroads in Garwood, New Jersey. Um, scandals are getting back together. Let me run's getting back together and burning streets who were the oh, nice. from that first tour. So that's cool. Stoked on that. But yeah, you know, kind of in between some of the stuff, you did a, uh, you know, self-released an acoustic um, EP that um, included some songs from the Scandals, uh, some songs from This Is A Movement. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Was that um, just something that you wanted to do to kind of just stay busy? Uh, Was it something that you'd have wanted to do of um, doing some more like solo acoustic music or, or how, um, how did that come about? Yeah. So, um, throughout a lot of those scandals years, I'd have a lot of buddies that wanted to come up this way. Um, and so I could book them a show, but obviously, you know, the band were down in New Jersey. So, uh, that's when I kind of had to almost without a choice had to become an acoustic player. Okay. You're like, Oh, (laughs) so I can do this show with you. I will, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, putting all that together, it, it's funny because I really, I really love it. There, there's some amazing shows, and and uh, I really like that album. But that that's part of why Structure Sounds is here, is because um, I like a band. You know? Yeah, yeah, I need it loud. But um, but no, so like that record, um, I put together a friend of mine, uh, Band Zero Holds, were going on tour, and they asked me to join. I'm like, well, I need something for the table. So I actually recorded that in a bathroom in Taunton, Massachusetts and a bathroom in Cumberland. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I thought it came out pretty cool. It's a nice little document. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, just some familiar songs, you know, if you've, you know, listened to um, those, the bands that you've been a part of. So it was just cool mm-hmm. interpretations of that. Um, the EP was called Structure Sounds. Um, is that 
you know, connected to the band structure sounds like, was it, did you see that, um, the band is now a continuation of that or was it, uh, just a coincidence in a sense, or just, uh, or how did, uh, how were those two connect? you know, how, how are they together, you know, or not together? Well, I mean, naming bands is never easy. Yeah. Um, and we had a bunch that we were playing with. Um, and we, and part of it was, I took the songs we had prepared and I was looking through the lyrics and structure sounds is also something that said in 34th and eighth, that, that exact same song about New York and the living room. Yep. Um, and so I, I, I thought it was apropos for the EP. And then at the same time, I'm like, yeah, you know, it, it kind of seems like the next step anyway. We're just, okay, here's structure sounds, the band. Mm-hmm. Cool. And with the start of that band, um, you know, it's got, uh, you know, some members of the down and outs as well, as you've you know mentioned earlier, like how did that come to, uh, come to be as, as a band? And, you know, when did that actually start? Uh, when did you start playing loud again? You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Adam, I've known since I was in high school, uh, he was down and out's first drummer. Um, great dude. We used to go see shows together and always stayed in touch. Um, and over COVID a, a lot of this band is because of the call outs. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of like Jesse made a mock too. Uh, and uh, we, we've stayed close ever, ever since those days. Um, and it was over COVID. Obviously all musicians had songs stockpiled. Uh, it was a good time to take a break and take stock of everything. And uh, the call outs practice kind of close to my apartment. And uh, I was talking with Mike and he's like, you know, uh, from the call outs and, and he's like any night you just want to, come down to hang out at practice. You're more than welcome. And so I did, I grabbed a six mm-hmm. pack threw a mask on and, and went down and actually brought a camping chair and <laughs> just <laughs> sat in the corner. Yeah. Just so I, Entertain just so I could, me, you know, exactly. <laughs> and, well, you know, things were getting weird and it was yeah. just, uh, it, I missed live music and exactly. Um, and that was great. And Mike was like, you know, anytime you want to come down here and make noise, you're more than welcome to, I, I can give you my keys. And so that kind of led me to be like, yeah, you know, I got these songs. Let's, let's see what we can do. And, uh, Adam was my first call and he, um, he's a dad now, so he hasn't played in bands for a couple of years, but, uh, always a phenomenal drummer, a hard hitter, um, plays lightning fast. Uh, one of the first things I had to make clear is I'm like, you know, he's, he more comes from the no effects fat rec world. And I'm like, Adam, okay, I hope you weren't planning on going fast for every song. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> mid tempo yeah yeah (laughs) for top 40 it'd be it'd still be fast for adam it might as well be uh like doom rock or whatever you know (laughs) you bet what is this Um, sludgy stuff you're making me play sean you know (laughs) 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 but so we started getting together and just playing and and just Mm -hmm. here's here's some old ideas i had here's some new ideas and uh quickly it just was becoming a band and um Zach, who I've been friends with for years, uh, he's played in bands like Heartsick Satellite. Um, he was the sort of guy, the first time I saw him play, it might have been News Cafe. And so, uh, the minute he hit his first solo, I was like, I want that guy. Nice. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how, I don't know what band, but I want that guy. And, uh, you know, uh, quickly we became friends anyway, drinking buddies. And so when it was time to bring someone else in, I, you know, he was the guy. And, 
his influences are a little different. Um, you know, he's kind of more classic rock influenced, uh, bluesy or stuff. Okay. And, uh, I think he really adds that extra flavor and mm-hmm. Rob, I was playing guitar if I didn't already say that. Uh, and Adam knew Rob from way back in the day. And Rob, uh, has been in touring bands for years. He was in Howl. um, Carly's in Jamie Danger and the Dynamite, who mm-hmm. are uh, nice enough to to share Rob with us. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had Zach in for a while. We brought Rob in, and then just done deal. And you know, once you get to know those guys, uh, unlike the Scandals that didn't have any choice, we were just stuck in a van for ten days and yeah, had to kind of learn and smell each other. It was like <laughs> we had, we had we took some time and like first show, you know, you share a couple of beers and that's it. We're a band. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like how quick did, like what year was that? Like how quick did things come together? Just cause it seems like your pace of things is you're, you're a doer, Sean. You're just like, I'm going to start this band. I'm going to record. I'm going to put out an album. And like, you know? so. <laughs> well, you saw the, the document I put together for you. Yeah. No, thank you. Not a lot of people do that, but it was super helpful. But yes, thank you. You know. Yeah. I, d- I didn't know if it was psycho behavior. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, it is absolutely not. Hopefully people, like future guests listen to this and say that yeah. Sean has set the new benchmark for, <laughs> you know, um, I, I want to say it was 2021 that Adam and I in earnest started putting songs together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had to stop annoying Mike from the call outs and, um, just start paying for my own keys. <laughs> for yeah. Their practice space. Um, and then by the time we got Rob in and settled, I want to say early 22, um, yeah, 2022 ish. Yeah, cool. And the album was recorded at No Boundaries Studios in North Kingstown. Um, when did that, like, when did the album, I guess, become the uh, the the target for this stuff? Like, did you just have a bunch of songs, or did you know that you wanted to come out? Um, even looking at your own career, you know, you've just you've done a lot of EPs. Um, you know, but with this new band where you pretty focused on, like you want to do an album and, and get into that particular studio and get this done or, you know, what was that like for the recording? Like not just the recording process, but just like, um, the, that as a, as a goal for the band. Sure. Um, I mean, it came in two parts. Uh, we did start with five songs, uh, really loved the way it came out. And, and mm-hmm. that's what we kind of were like, you know, we had, we already had the extra songs. I think we kind of put the finishing touches on one and two and said like, you know what, let's just go for the full LP. Mm -hmm. And and I'm really glad we did because, you know, I wouldn't say it's like the way now with like waterfall release schedules and singles and all that stuff, which is great. But I mean, I know the world you and I come from is albums, which is Mm -hmm. like a cohesive statement. Um, with, with packaging involved and vinyl and physical product. And so that felt mm-hmm.
and yeah, you've done a great job with all of this stuff. Um, so yeah, again, the new album structure sounds light up your sorrow out October 20th. Um, and you know, you've got vinyl, you've got cassettes. Um, everything just looks really good. It's like really well put together. Um, and you're working with wiretap records, um, which is pretty awesome. Um, can you talk about the connection to that label just because they're, uh, they've done some pretty amazing stuff and it's a great, uh, you know, great group to be a part of, you know, to, to be on that label. So, um, how did that come about, um, for this release? Uh, there's probably my introduction to wiretap is through Lost society who are, uh, mm-hmm. Asbury, New Jersey band, um, great bunch of guys. And we, uh, scandals did a lot of touring with them. And so, from then I heard nothing but good things about wiretap and another band called divided heaven that, mm-hmm. um, I moonlighted as their bass player for a little while. Okay. Uh, and so between Jeff and lost society, um, when I was putting these songs together, I was, I was looking for a home and, uh, they, they had nothing but good things to say about wiretap. And, uh, it's the sort of deal where you just send the songs off and, um, you know, uh, you, you don't know what to expect back. Um, and we're a new band, right? So, I mean, with all Rob's history and my history at the end of the day, like brand new band, no one's ever heard of us. The, there's no music <laughs> out. And yeah, and, yeah. and that was kind of part of being steadfast about getting this record out was it felt like we weren't a band yet until I had a piece of music I can hand you and go, this yeah. is our album. Um, so I, I sent the songs off in, um, you know, wiretap, I think it was the first email I sent of just like, here's where uh, I'd like to be. And mm-hmm. uh, Rob was incredibly receptive and sweet. And um, I- I'm glad we got to do this together. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. Congrats on that. It's, it's great. Um, and yeah, I hope it leads to a lot more stuff for you. Um, but, you know, with regards to the album itself and the sounds you captured, can you talk about, you know, recording at no boundaries. Um, and then, you know, I'd love to cover some of the songs, kind of shout some of those out. Um, but yeah, what was it like recording this album with, with this group and, and working? Um, cause actually to be honest, that that's a, a new studio to me. I'm not too familiar with, with that name. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about it and kind of share their, their story as well. So totally. Uh, yeah. Chris Paquette, um, runs no boundaries and he was in a band called trophy wives. Um, okay. He's a little bit younger than us. Um, and we played a couple of shows with him back in the day. And um, I know his even older band used to play with the down and out. So we've rubbed elbows and this is Rhode Island. Everyone knows everyone. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, I've, I've heard some of the stuff that came out of his studio and, and it sounded huge. And um, <laughs> he's got a really modern technique, uh, which I appreciate. Um, and like, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean by like, uh, the modern technique? Like, uh, well, you know, uh, versus, I mean, I guess you've worked with George who's been doing this forever. Is it just, he has a, just a different style to this stuff. Obviously he has the pedigree to back it up, but like, what do you mean by Oh, of course. Like, what I Chris mean, was bringing? To me, it's more like Chris grew up in our world. So he knows exactly what the drum sound oh, okay, like, is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I gotcha. It's, it's baked in. And, um, 
you know, the way he moves around uh, the computer is amazing too. <laughs> it, it, it almost makes your head, you kind of felt like you were on cocaine being in there. It's just, just like mouses moving just around. Bang, bang. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you bet. Um, Cut this. We're going to drop this down here. We're going to move this over here. We're going to, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and I also took a lot of ownership over the sounds and we did, a, we did a lot of pre-production, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the practice space, finding out the tempos, uh, getting everything down to a click. Um, uh, so I wouldn't recommend this fully because we definitely over demoed, but um, okay. I, I wanted all the harmonies to be locked in. I want to know, I wanted to go in there, not waste a second, know exactly what we were going to do. You know, obviously a little bit of variation. Maybe this pedal will sound nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's not the seventies. We don't have two years to sit around the <laughs> barn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kicking the reverb tank to see what sound it would make. I, I kind of wanted to know exactly what we were going for. We went in there and mm-hmm. uh, Chris was an amazing partner for that. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a super solid album. I really dig it. Uh, you know, there's just, you know, what kind of hit me is that it's, you know, kind of overarching, you know, with just that, that punk sound, even just kind of in your career, you know, like listen to every band that you've been a part of and they all have their, their differences, but it's still, um, you know, kind of fits into that, that punk realm in a sense. And, you know, the album had that, but each song was still individual. Like it didn't sound like overkill in any way of like, Oh, there's another song that kind of sounded like two tracks before or whatever you know like that's fresh um you know the song that that zach wrote brings a different texture to it as well and yeah since you mentioned some of his influences i can kind of hear that you know because it just has a little bit of a different vibe to it um but totally works totally fits you know um it's really interesting like i don't know if you hear it but on new horizons um it really kind of reminds me of sam i am um so it's cool that you've mentioned that but uh i don't know how much of an influence that might have been for that particular song but it just your voice kind of comes across with that it just has that feel which in my view isn't really easy to to do you know like sam i am is a pretty uh specific band you know it's Mm -hmm. uh and it's easy to either miss the mark or um or just not, you know, be able to kind of execute on that like fully or I don't know, or just so, but you guys, you know, I'm not saying that this sounds like an exact Sam, I am song, but it just has that, that feel. It kind of has that, um, certain thing that, yeah. Um, that just not a lot of bands can do. So it's really, um, I really dig that one. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about that particular song or, um, you know, kind of what went into the the writing process of, of any of the, the, the tracks on the album. Sure. Um, yeah. New horizons sonically is probably my, I, I love the way the rhythm feels on that one. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I think my favorite part about new horizon is like, I, I struggled a lot with the first verse cause it's kind of low in the register. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm used to for, a decade plus of just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Like it, it, it almost was, um, it, it, it almost was a little, little, uh, tapping into something different to really kind of hit that lower register. And, um, part of that is getting into the second verse, which that layer on top, which is just an octave up. Um, 
And I really kind of thought we could bring in almost a little bit of this is a movement in that second verse. Cause it mm-hmm. does have like some spookier stuff. There's some hard panning going on. Yeah. Um, and then the chorus, um, I think Sam, I am is a good pick. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, but I was mostly going for like a hot water music, big, loud chorus that people can yeah. sing along to. And what I love is that we've played that song a bunch in the last couple of months. And, at, I think it only came out a couple of weeks ago as a single um, mm-hmm. and people at the shows were already picking up that chorus. Mm-hmm. It's easy. Bring yeah. New, new horizons. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Three words. <laughs> yeah. That's what you want. You want those anthems, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, especially for the, the style of music that you're creating. Uh, you just want to be a part of something and you want to share things that people can be a part of, you know? Yeah. So that's really great. Um, Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. Yeah, the song Andrea is another standout for me personally. Uh, like the second that it came on, um, just instantly like kind of drawn to it. Like just, you know, good, um, not like pop punk, but just like a good kind of like poppy, you know, song to it. Um, you just released a video for this as well that um, I read you directed and edited. Um, so I'd love to talk about that song just because it... Uh, rules number one but also because it's uh, you know you just have so much involvement with it as well so um you know what would you like to share about that one sure um well the story of that song is a, a little bit embarrassing but that's okay uh, well there's just some mics in front of you and this will yeah. go out you know on the internet or across the world but well, yeah. it's, it's funny because i do also <laughs> like name drop new jersey in that song and, and that the story of that song is well before I was ever in a New Jersey band. Um, yeah. There was years and years ago on the first, one of the first out of town weekends that the Jesse men played. Um, we played a venue. I don't even remember the town. I, I don't think it was anywhere cool in New Jersey. I remember it was kind of out in the woods and um, I, I met a girl and it was like one of my first out of town gigs. And uh, she was really sweet. And we got her number. We became MySpace friends, that sort of thing. And so it was kind of like, you know, almost like a young love sort of story. And so with that song, I kind of wanted to tap back into that feeling. Um, And so the idea is like, uh, where'd you go? You know? And and Mm -hmm. so uh, we had each other that night, all that, all that fun stuff. But 
Um, I think that song really spoke to the idea of something from like the Beatles or um, Blink-182 or Nirvana, which is just nursery rhymes, right? Mm-hmm. Simple melodies, make it catchy and don't overthink it. Um, yeah. We're like, this is a movement was a lot of proggy spacey. You know, <laughs> let, let's be crazier than the next song. Andre was like, let's just write something catchy. Mm-hmm. Well, it is. It's a great one. Um, I'm sure people dig that one. And, um, like, what are you most excited for people to hear when they buy this album? Uh, I'm just excited to have an album out and to be able to play music. Cause th- mm-hmm. there was a time recently where we didn't think we'd be able to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I'm really stoked on Zach song setbacks. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he came, this was uh, around the second, uh, recording session where we did the second five songs and he had that one in his back pocket and it was mm-hmm. amazing. And some of the layers we ended up putting on that one in the studio. It's also the hardest song to play. Um, okay. And so it's, it's been fun to get that one dialed in. Um, I'm really stoked on 2030. Uh, the whole outro of that song was a total callback to my love of bad religion Mm-hmm. And um, we take three different melodies, uh, cadences, and stack them on top of each other, um, which mixing that one was a bitch <laughs> to, try, <laughs> to try and get everything. To make it line. actually work. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We had battle octaves, too, on the bottom, uh, guitar octaves, and it, I just had to let them go. They're still there. If you really listen, they're still there. But it was the sort of thing where I'm like, if those are more prominent, then we're losing the vocal. We got to bring that one back down. Yeah. Yeah. Just at anyone that gives this a listen and gets something out of it um, would mean the world to me. So I, I'm mm-hmm. just excited for it to be out and especially gearing up for a release. Um, you know, I did all the artwork, uh, a lot of the marketing. I can't wait for that part to be over. <laughs> yeah. Like once You'll, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Out, out there in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Um, and yeah, I mean, that kind of leads to, and like how to support people like you're you're doing this stuff you know i ordered a cassette you you. mailed it you know like it's (laughs) coming from you it's not from some like warehouse somewhere else you know Mm -hmm. like um so for those that are listening like check out this album um if you haven't already and uh if you enjoy it at all you know like go to structure sounds Bandcamp, um or go wherever you can pick this up and you know buy a tape buy a buy a vinyl um sean will ship it to you and uh with love like yeah on time you might get something else <laughs> special maybe a sticker that you wouldn't get you know if you're just listening to it on spotify whatever um but yeah it just it matters um so uh yeah you know you do have your lp release show friday november 3rd at dusk so it's structure sounds with salem wolves the callouts and uh, KCUF uh, from Boston. Um, yeah, what can people expect with this show? Yeah, I'm really stoked on that one. Um, I'm sure, as you know, Dusk is an incredible venue here. Uh, Rick, Danielle, uh, everyone that works there is great. And it, it's been um, my second home, probably second to the living room in terms mm-hmm. of just where I can walk in and just, uh, you know, I'm home. Um, and Call outs, uh, obviously are family to me. Uh, I'm so mm-hmm. stoked to have them. Uh, Salem wolves are an amazing band, uh, who've been killing it in the city. And, um, 
fuck backwards. I don't know if you realized that because <laughs> I didn't. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I didn't know. No. Yep. KCUF. Um, Ken is a super old homie from Boston. Uh, he's played in tons of really great bands and um, I can't wait to see them play. And so same deal. I, I'm so stoked that the record's going to be out. Uh, I can't wait to party and um, it's going to be an awesome one. Cool. Yeah, so check that out. Doors are at eight, shows at nine, um, 21 plus, 10 bucks. It's a good good deal. So I like to say it's a bargain, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, well, Sean, uh, you know, this question I always ask to end my interviews. I was curious what you would say is your greatest musical accomplishment to this point. This podcast. Perfect. See, you just took your number one spot with giving me this, you know, well put together list even higher. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to go right to bad religion right now and say, hey, you guys might have thought that you were number one, but (laughs) you're a professor. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And they would respond. They actually wouldn't respond, but they'd be like, who are you? You know, if they did. So, um, (laughs) but um, next to me. After this, after, okay. you know, <laughs> the number two greatest accomplishment. <laughs> greatest accomplishment. Um, I, you know, I've thought that, especially same thing with COVID, where you really had to kind of take stock of a lot of things mm-hmm. in your life. Um, going to Europe w- was amazing. And, you know, maybe it's something I'll do again. Um, but that that first time going to Europe really just felt like... A, I never thought outside of maybe just being on vacation that the, this is something I'd be able to do. And and that, mm-hmm. that was so amazing getting to see new things every day. I mean, uh, uh, we played a fucking show in Poland and like, I, I don't think I'd ever go to Poland on vacation. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So to, to be able to see that and get to play a punk show, um, it was a 10 pole moment. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's not an easy thing to, to get to do that. Um, and yeah, it's cool that you get to have that experience and, um, you know, continue to have that with the, the music that you're creating and, you know, have done other tours and everything like that. So no, that's, that's super wonderful. And yeah, thanks again for doing this, Sean. It was really cool to, uh, to connect with you for this interview and kind of, you know, reconnect uh, just, you know, as people. Oh, thank you, James. You seldom jaded, you talk real smooth. No hesitation, your lips. Right on cue!